Good afternoon. Welcome back to the, or welcome into the 573 report here on powermazoo.com as we are in the middle of the busiest week, uh, or at least the first week of the busiest time of the year here on uh, Power Mizzou. We will talk football and basketball and take your questions and uh, I don't know, do other things, uh, general shenanigans here over the next 30 minutes or so with Mitchell Forty in just a minute. Um, do want to remind you guys every single Wednesday, this show is brought to you by 573Ts. You can find them online at 573Tees.com. You can go to their physical location in Alley A between 9th and 10th Streets, uh, just off Broadway in downtown Columbia. You can buy yourself a uh, Harrison Mevis Thicker Kicker t-shirt, which would uh, officially represent every single point Missouri scored against the University of Georgia last Saturday. In Athens, in a 43-6 loss, we'll uh, not spend a whole lot more time on that because we talked about it mostly on Monday. Uh, we'll start to look ahead to South Carolina, and we'll talk a little bit bit of basketball with Mitchell Forty. But just uh, moving past last weekend, um, we don't really know any more than we knew then about the quarterback situation. Um, I actually, like, this is mostly kind of w what I wanted to do wrapping up the Georgia game. I respected what Eli Drinkwood said on Tuesday because, I don't know, Mitch, I've heard a lot of the last couple days, like, hey, I'm pretty happy. Like, they played pretty well. I, I was, it was freaking 43 to 6, and the game was over in the second quarter. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I, I respect Drinkwood's for saying, hey, I, I thought we played hard, but, like, that's not good enough. Yeah, for sure. That, that was kind of the, the gist of what he said after the game and what I wrote after the game, which is like, yeah, it's nice that they came up, came out and showed up in the first quarter because they haven't done that all season. But I mean, like playing hard should be the very minimum expectation for a, an SEC football team. And they were never going to win that game. But yeah, the, the goal is never to lose by 37. You, you know, it's hard to come away from a game you lost by 37 and be like, man, I really feel optimistic about our team. Now I get it. Like, you know, they covered the spread and there were a few things that, that that, you know, they show that maybe are, are you know, positive. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, the, the execution still needs to be better. Yeah, we're going to do, uh, in a couple hours, we've got some football interviews here. I'm sure we will come out of there with absolutely no idea who's playing quarterback. We can report Connor Basilak was able to stand and throw passes yesterday. Um, yeah. That is the extent of what we know about the quarterback situation. He seemed to he seemed able to stretch, so there's that. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, he he donned pads and was present. That is all I can say. Yeah, and we saw legitimately. This is not an exaggeration. We saw 12 minutes of practice, and uh, they were not the most important 12 minutes. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I do find it somewhat noteworthy that one of the guys we are talking to tonight is Brady Cook especially after Eli Drinkwitz went out of his way to point out on Monday, look, interviews are something I make guys earn. Um, they're not going to talk to the media until I feel like they've contributed to the football team and should be a voice of our team. We're talking to Brady Cook tonight. I don't know if that's indicative, but it's not nothing. Yeah, I mean, his comment was more about true freshmen and i think it was basically an explanation as to why we're not hearing from tyler macon i think we've talked to brady cook before uh once or twice because he was around last yeah. season um so yeah i don't know i i 
you know, I, I I don't know who's going to start at quarterback, and you know, I we have I have a guess, but um, you know, I don't think anyone it- knows. I mean, last week we thought we knew, and then we didn't. So I will say one of the things I thought was noteworthy yesterday was Eli Drinkwitz did say, "I don't feel like you can prepare three guys, so you can't yeah. necessarily go up to this thing with Connor Bates like being a game time decision. They needed to know by today whether or not he was going to have a chance to play." Um, and so that, in my mind, makes it seem probably more likely that he doesn't suit up um, just because, you know, it seems like he would be more of a game time decision type thing if they were hoping he could play. I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, and and want to invite you guys, uh, you guys that are here watching live, feel free to, to put your comments and your questions in the uh, in the queue. We will certainly get to them. Appreciate Pocket Watch being here and, and tossing the super chat our way. We certainly will always take that, but we will also just uh, answer your questions for free. That's what we do here. It's an incredible business model that we have going. Um, but uh, so this weekend is South Carolina, and if they're going to a bowl game, they have to win this game. I mean, I don't think there's any other way about it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like theoretically, you know, of course there's two games left on the schedule. They need to win two games and, and we're talking going to a bowl game by actually deserving it, not by being six and seven. Um, But yeah, yeah, this, this would seem like a a must win if they're going to have a shot at six and six. Cause I can see a win over like, I'm pretty sure Florida's quit. And I think the Florida South Carolina game actually had more to do with Florida than it did South Carolina. But, you know, so I could see a win there. Arkansas, weird things happen. But do I see you losing to South Carolina and then winning those two? That seems um, not likely to me. Yeah, I would I would completely agree. I, and I will say, like, Florida has quit, and there's definitely a chance they roll into Columbia just absolutely apathetic. But there's also a chance that, I mean, their players aren't dumb. They're reading the media all week. I'm sure they understand, like, hey, um, if we keep losing, our coach is probably going to get fired. Maybe they like their coach. I don't know. I know a lot of people don't, but they also <laughs> might show up and play hard. I, I'm not sure they like him, to be honest, though. I mean, I don't know for sure. I, I assume they like him more than the general public because that's a low bar to clear. Yeah, I mean, he's relatively unlikable, if we're being honest about everything. So, yeah, yeah they're going to play this weekend, and um, whatever is going to happen, happened. It, it seems to me, and uh, this is probably recency bias, but, like, last night there's a basketball game, and it kind of seems like, okay, it's just basketball season now. Like, we, we forgot about that other thing that was going on. We're ready to go. It's, uh, it's Jordan Wilmore season now. It is hard to to try to like really care about both sports at the same time. Yeah. I will say, like, I felt completely unprepared to go cover a basketball game last night because right. I had never watched any of the like you know three quarters of the roster play before. But yeah, I, I think that you know by Friday we'll be back into everyone just talking about football. Yeah, um, yeah, we'll we'll get there. Um, oh, real quick before we do get to basketball talk. Um, Colby Schneiders wants to know who's South Carolina's quarterback. Uh, so far as I know, it's still Connor Shaw. Um, I, I don't know <laughs> if that's right or wrong, but that's the only answer I've got. I, 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 I think, think that's, that's correct. correct. Uh, I, don't I don't know, know who it is. That's good to be guess as I can. It's, it's not, not Luke, Luke Doty, who was the guy who came in midway through the game last season and kind of gave them a spark against Mizzou. He got hurt in the preseason. I don't think it's still that Zeb Nolan guy who transferred from like somewhere and was going to be a GA from like North Dakota State maybe. I think it's someone who transferred from like St. Francis, Pennsylvania or something, but I don't know his name. Maybe that was, I don't know. They played a lot. I think, yeah, Mar- I think it's Marcus Lattimore. 
That's that's yeah. that's their quarterback. I think it's safe to say that Missouri is going to need to stop the run again this week. I think they'll see a lot of that. Um. Yeah. Fair to say. I think that's that's safe to say. Pretty much every week, Robert wants to know any more clarity on wide receiver snaps and why Boo Smith can't be on the field. I mean, as I said in I don't know somewhere. Uh, I say things a lot of places, but I said somewhere. I mean. The ultimate answer is to why does this guy play and that guy doesn't play is always because the coach thinks this guy gives him a better chance to win. Right now, Eli Drinkwitz thinks his best chance to win games is Barrett Bannister, Towski Dove, and Kiki Chisholm. And now I will admit to being in the camp that thinks, I, I feel like maybe that's a little bit concerning that all these guys that we're hearing about can't beat those guys out for any snaps. But that's more of an issue for next year than it is for this year because right now, those are the guys that, that Drinkwitz thinks need to play. Yeah, 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 yeah a, a few, few things, things there. there. One, um, I, I will say there was, was a time, uh, I don't know when it was, after maybe three or four games this season, maybe after North Texas, I don't know, when, when Drinkwitz did kind of say, like, yeah, we've been trying to get a ton of different guys out there. We probably need to shorten up the receiver rotation a little bit because, you know, it's just it's hard to basically substitute your entire wide receiver core every play. Like, you can't, it's hard to get in room, hard to get going tempo-wise. Um, and then also on the Boo Smith thing, I would guess, and it's like the ultimate answer, like you said, is the coaches just don't think he gives them the best chance. I mean, I feel like they feel like the coaches probably think he has one or two things that he does very well, namely running past people. But, but it started, started to probably get a little, little bit obvious when they put him in the game that that was all he was going to be able to do. And maybe he's not as strong as like a run blocker, say. So, I yeah. don't know. That's, That's just my guess. guess. All right. So, a, this, a, again, it's basketball season, at least for Wednesday. So, I figured we'd spend most of the show talking about Missouri basketball. we got a few questions we'll get to here in just a second. Um, but just general impressions. Um I don't know. I'm not going to uh, crown anybody after a 10-point win over a Central Michigan team that had 10, actually 12 brand new players and a coach who I've previously seen fail in the SEC and so do not think he is necessarily the best coach in America. Um, they won the game. That's good. We actually know a little bit about some of these guys that we knew nothing about before yesterday. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean like, like I, I, you know, I, I know that the worst take to have coming out of a game is that it didn't really, like, make, make me change my opinion in any way, but that's kind of how I felt. Um, but it was interesting, right? You know, we, we saw a lot of guys for the first time. We still didn't see a few guys. It, obviously, you know, three guys who didn't suit up, one of whom at least Conzo went out of his way to say a few different times, you know, he's going to be very heavily involved, that being Dejuan Gordon. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know, it was, it was interesting. I thought, uh, you know, I thought Javon Pickett played really well, um, you know, kind of took on a larger role and, and did it pretty well. I thought uh, I was really impressed with, with, with Ronnie Gray. Um, you know, he kind of reminded me of a forward version of Drew Smith where it's like nothing he does is maybe the most pretty to look at, but he just he always seems to be in the right place at the right time and get make nice plays, you know, 13 rebounds, three blocks, 12 points, knocked down a three, had an assist. Thought he played really well. Um, I thought Bookie Coleman and Amari Davis both showed glimpses of what they can do. Um, and Conzo even said after the game, you know, wants those guys to be a little more aggressive. But I think as a whole, you know, I think Conzo's ideal vision for this team is they're pushing the pace a little bit more, a little bit more aggressive in transition and attacking the rim a little bit more, maybe shooting a little bit less in the perimeter. We saw some, you know, 
potential offensive issues, and I think we all kind of think that like, no one thinks this team's going to all of a sudden go out there and average 90 points a game. I think there's going to be some there's going to be some of that this year. Um, but overall, it was just kind of fun to, to acclimate uh, acclimate ourselves with the new roster, watch a basketball game. And it was it was a decent game, pretty quick, good atmosphere, decent crowd support. I know that's been brought up in the comments a few times, and we'll talk more about it. Yeah, so. Tell me if I if I just have had kind of a feeling of hey it's the first game and it's a new year and it's all these new players and I you know I only went to like three games last year but I actually walked away saying I kind of liked watching that team play and even last even last year when they were actually kind of good I walked away from most games going that just I didn't enjoy it like I didn't like watching that team play, and, and I don't know if that's recency bias or I, if hey, it's just cool to have new guys that we don't know much about, or if actually this team is more fun to watch play. I think, I think a, a big part, part of it is probably you know, you know having new players and yeah. not you know, yeah, seeing like, like the, the same guy make the same, same mistake, which can maybe be more frustrating. Um, I don't know. That's, that's just guess. I mean, I mean like, like I definitely still don't think that was like the most aesthetically pleasing game I've ever played. And it was very nice that there weren't a lot of fouls. And hey, that's what I actually there. think. I think the refs deserve yeah. more credit for me enjoying that game than almost anybody else. Yeah, and, and then, then also nice. nice up, you know, there, there weren't there were really weren't a ton of turnovers for both teams being basically brand new. Zero so, yeah. video reviews. Yeah, it was, it was fine. fine. Uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to act like, you know, we, we just watched, watched like the uh, reincarnation of UCLA Gonzaga from the final four. Well, but it was, yeah. You know, yeah. But, uh, it was fun to watch a basketball game in person. Uh, ringing endorsement there. Uh, no question. So, um, all right. So, like, I hate to make these things completely attendance-based, uh, but it kind of was the story of last night. And Pat says, were you shocked at student attendance? I mean, I was. Like, we joked, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes before tip-off, we're like, hey, there's a good 200 students here. And then all of a sudden, they just kind of started coming in, and they moved down, and they kept filling in. And look, the rest of the arena should not be proud of how it was uh, represented last night. But the student section absolutely should be, and that is a clear directive from Conzo Martin and I think more from Desiree Reed Francois she said since taking over this job hey we want the we want everybody to come to the games we want the fans the boosters all that but if we can't get the kids on campus to come to games we're not getting anybody else yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely and I, I, I think, think um, I, mean, I mean I expected the rest of the arena to look like it did you know it, it's a Tuesday night middle of the week game you're really when no one has started to care about basketball season yet against Central Michigan like that's not a good recipe to bring in a lot of people but yeah it's smart like if you can get you know students live like you know within walking distance of the arena they're right down the street they can usually spare you know two hours on a Tuesday night if it's fun and they think their friends are going to be there and so I don't know if there was like incentives offered or if it was just made more awareness of the game but yeah it was really cool and I thought they they brought good energy I mean I thought it was noticeable and and a lot of people have said well like did we pay him to go I, I don't know if so good idea pay him more yeah. right like literally yeah. tell them if they come to a basketball game they get football tickets or they get I you probably can't give away like drink tickets at Harpo's or anything, but you know, like give away something cool, whatever, get them in the building. Yeah. Um, 
the rest of it doesn't matter. Um, you know, and, and Case then kind of points out the opposite side, which was the rest of the arena eh, less full. But look, I mean, it was Tuesday night against Central Michigan, and truthfully, I think a lot of people had no idea it was college basketball season before yesterday morning. And, and that's not just in Missouri. That's everywhere. I mean, they start the season too early. So I'm not going to overly judge people. 7,200 people for that game was was pretty good. And this fan base has been eroding for a decade. It's not going to be fixed in a week. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, we haven't seen you know, a football crowd top 50,000 like that. That's probably the bigger concern right now than, you know, a midweek November basketball game. So, yeah, it's a process, um, you know, getting the students, I, I think, is a good start. Um. So, OK, I, I got to post this just because I am fascinated by why people are so interested in this subject. Um, <laughs> We talked about this last night. And I do not mean to denigrate the fine names of Adam Wolf or Brett Rao or Jarrett Sutton or Jed Frost going back to the early 90s or Chip Walther or anyone else who has walked onto the Missouri basketball team. My, my guy, guy Trevor, Trevor Glassman. Glassman. That's, That's my, my favorite walk-on. <laughs> also that guy, yes. Um, but the Magic Man wants to know, does the basketball team have any walk-ons? And if they do, who are they? Okay, so we can get into who they are, which is we have absolutely no idea. Um, but they do have a couple. But I just, like basketball walk-ons, there aren't stories like Tommy Saunders or Colin Brown or Michael Cox in basketball. I don't want to say there aren't. Once every few years, maybe somewhere in the country, there is one. But literally, I don't think there's ever been a Missouri walk-on in basketball who, like, went on to be a really good player, right? So I kind of really don't understand what the fascination is with basketball walk-on. So maybe you can help me out. No, I, I mean, I don't understand either. Um, the, the answer to the question is there are two walk-ons who practice with the team. I don't know their names or anything about them, and they didn't even dress last night when Mizzou literally only had nine available players. So I don't think they're going to factor into the rotation this season. Um, I don't really – I mean, like, I, I don't know. I guess, I guess I understand like occasionally they could get on the floor and fans just kind of want to, I don't know, I guess know who's on the team or something, but yeah, like there's, there's zero chance that they will ever play meaningful minutes unless I guess, I don't really know what, what would have to happen like COVID outbreak. But even then I think I'm pretty sure everyone's vaccinated. So like, I, I don't know, meteor hits uh, like the gym when everyone else is practicing, like I, I'm struggling to find a scenario. It would take major injuries. I just want to point out that Pat M knows more about Missouri basketball walk-on history than anybody I don't want to post all these comments I just want to read them Adam Wolf is the goat of Mizzou basketball and Jared Sutton is on the broadcast can I get a Jimmy Barton shout out Trev Glassman currently doing comedy in New York City shout out yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's impressive. impressive I'm very I'm, I'm very impressed, impressed that he knows so much about walk-on, walk-on. Maybe, maybe, maybe he is, is a former walk-on, walk-on. I, I, I don't know it's like 12 years or like ago. a manager, manager or something maybe, maybe like a former student I don't know Pat M Tell us, do you just love walk-ons or, or what's the deal? I'm curious. It was like 12 years of Mizzou walk-on history in four comments. So amazing way to go. Um, Pat M, appreciate your knowledge. We don't have any idea who they are. They're not going to play. Um, but Missouri did play last night, and that was a fine thing. And uh, 
I don't know. I, I mean, it. Next game is Kansas City on Monday. I I'm, I still don't really know if it's UMKC or Kansas City. The schedule says Kansas City, so I'm going with Kansas City. Um, there you go. Pat M says he is a former manager, so manager, that's how he nice. knows that. Nice. That's how he knows all the walk-ons. Uh, but then they play Northern Illinois next Thursday, and that's really the last uh, last chance Conzo Martin has to. Okay, let's kind of experiment and see what we got here. Because then they go SMU and either either Loyola or uh, Florida State and Jacksonville, and then the real games start. Like, there's not a lot of tune-up time for this team. It, it's He's got another two games to kind of figure out the rotations and get things going. Yeah, there's not a lot of time. I will say, actually, the more I kind of thought about it, like this schedule is hard, but at least I think it's shaped up decently because it's. I think it's good to have <clears throat> three or four games very early against some, you know, definitely like teams you should definitely beat because I do think there's, you know, going to be some growing pains. And we saw a little bit of that last night. I mean, like, you know, Central Michigan switches to a zone. Consul Martin points out, yeah, we don't, they don't really see zone in practice because Mizzou doesn't run zone. No one really has anything, any idea what to do. Um, you know, he mentioned like Yaya Keda and, and uh, Anton Brookshire. Game's moving a little fast for them. No surprise, you know, first college game. So I think it's good to to give yourself a chance to acclimate a little bit in those games. But yeah, they got to they gotta figure it out decently fast because the schedule ramps up pretty quickly and dramatically. Yeah, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes. I do want to point out Northern Illinois, I believe, beat Washington last night. Um, I have zero idea if Washington's supposed to be good at basketball. I know they can't play offense in football, so maybe they can't play offense in basketball either, but uh, you know, Northern Illinois beat them. So that's a thing. Um, I don't know. It's we're in the crossover season. Uh, We've got plenty to keep us busy. And now I just feel like we're kind of waiting for something interesting to happen. I don't really care which sport it is. We just need something interesting. Yeah, I mean, we've kind of got the quarterback thing, but we're really in a holding pattern there, so I kind of agree. Should we talk about Jordan Wilmore? I don't know. There's There's been a lot of chatter about that since the game. That's that's probably the most interesting thing, which is not saying a ton. I, here's what I'll say about Jordan Wilmore. Credit to dude losing 70 pounds. He's We'll see where it goes, <laughs> right? I mean, I've got no desire to bury a kid after one game. I've also got no desire to be the white knight fighting for why it's clearly a good use of a scholarship and he's going to turn into uh, big country Reeves anytime. In the well, next that seems, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a real stretch. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would just say, like, you know, let, let's give it some time. They only had nine available players last night. He only played 13 minutes and probably should have played less. But I, I would not be surprised at all going forward if I I think he'll play in pretty much every game. He may even start in every game. Like, if nothing else, to get that opening tip, that's huge. But I don't think that he will play – like, he could start and play, like, one minute or five minutes or nine minutes like that Connor Vanover kid at Arkansas did last year. And then in, in the occasional mashup where you need him, maybe he plays more like 15 to 20. Um, but I don't know. That's that's maybe my guess. I also don't know because Console Martin does somewhat weird things with his lineup, and he really likes to have a tall man on the floor. So we'll see. So uh, Kyle wants to know, and we're going to kind of wrap it up with this, would you get a rebound if you were 7-3? I feel like I would, but – I, I really, I'm much more interested in just. Have you ever thought what it would be like to go through life at seven foot three inches tall? Like that's no. crazy, man. 
Yeah, yeah I mean, I really, really it would be, be pretty, pretty inconvenient. I mean, it's good to get your college paid for and, you know, play basketball and all that. But, like, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm pushing the limits of, like, how how tall, like, society is meant for someone to be because, like, I barely fit in airplanes. You know, I have to duck going through some doors sometimes. Like, I don't know, if you ever go to go over to Asia, like, I, I don't fit on any chairs or through any doorways over there. So, like, seven foot three would be a real challenge. The the last doorway I had to duck through was on a Little Tyke's play set, I think, in, like, fourth grade. Um, There's not, not many, many I have to duck, duck through, through but, but, like, like, you know, going down to a basement sometimes, you got to watch out. Um, but I, I am I frequently am reminded in doing what we do how weird it is that like I saw Jeremiah Tillman a lot of days over the last four years right and it just kind of became normal like he was tall to me but like when he's out there on the basketball court he's tall but he's not like freakishly tall and then over the summer I saw Jeremiah Tillman walking around downtown Columbia. And it's like seeing a freaking giant out in public. Like, you don't understand how big these dudes are until you see them out around all of the normal people that are not that big. And so, if I saw Jordan Wilmore, like, eating at billiards one time, I think you would just go, oh, my God, that's the biggest human being I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, he, he is, is legitimately, legitimately the, the biggest, biggest human being I've ever seen in person, for sure. Especially last year when he was seven foot three, about three fifty. So, yeah, I, it doesn't get a lot bigger than that. I don't know. I will say it is. It is true. Like we were talking last night, we we're like, man, Duda Gordon looks kind of small, and then I'm like, oh wait, he's listed at like six five, two hundred pounds. That's the same size as me. <laughs> right. Yeah. But out there among those guys, he looks very small. So uh, I don't know. I don't see a lot of guys my size out there. Is all I know. So that, yeah, that's, that's true. That's hey, that little guy from Central Michigan made, made some nice shots, Jermaine Jackson. I don't know if he's quite your size. He's a little bigger, but I mean, he, he played well. I, I feel like he's more athletic than me. I could nah, be wrong. You're, you're, you're selling, selling yourself, yourself short. <laughs> okay. I feel like that's an excellent place to end it. So um, we got football interviews coming up. Uh, we'll have another basketball media day at some point this week. So we'll talk about all that another time. So uh, I don't know. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you later, Mitch. Have a good one, man. No, All right. So uh, just want to remind you guys one more time that this show is brought to you every single week in all of its glory and professionalism by 573Ts. You can check them out online at 573Ts.com. That is T-E-E-S.com. They have Power Mizzou gear. I just mailed out a Power Mizzou shirt to somebody this afternoon. They've got Mizzou gear. They've got a lot of Mizzou players gear. Daniel Hawthorne and Harrison Mevis and Realist George and some other guys getting some NIL stuff done down at 573Ts. Um, if the blues are your thing, I believe their season is underway and you can get some, probably some blue stuff there. A lot of Como gear, basically anything you want. Go to 573Ts.com, check them out. Maybe on game day. Hey, it's a three o'clock game on Saturday. Maybe you come in a couple hours early, go have some dinner downtown, uh, and check out their shop between 9th and 10th street in alley. A certainly would encourage you to do that. Appreciate you guys being here before you uh, leave. If you're watching on the live stream, hit the like button. If you're listening on the podcast, leave us a nice review, say some kind words about us, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Preview in South Carolina.